Hello and welcome to Software Tech Talks. I'm Zoe Cunningham. Today we're going to be looking at apprenticeships and I'm joined by James Griffiths and Gareth Johnson who run the apprenticeship program at Software. Could I ask you just to introduce yourself briefly and talk about what you do and maybe give me an interesting fact about yourself? My name is James Griffiths. Um, I'm one of the trainers on Academy. An interesting fact about myself, I'm really into um, environmentally friendly construction and hope one day to build my own eco-house. Oh, amazing. Hey, so I'm Gareth. I'm the uh, head of delivery for our apprenticeship training program. And when I was 11, I built a calculator from spare parts I found at a Radio Shack and I managed to get a patent for it. It was a uh, sort of thumb-operated calculator, which was quite different to things that were around at the time. And uh, how much money have you made from this calculator? It's a, it's a <laughs> negative number, but, um, you know, it's, uh, it's got to start young and try things. You never know what's going to work. I'm really excited that we're going to be talking about apprenticeships. If we look back at the history of apprenticeships, then after a significant decline in the early 1990s, it looked like apprenticeships were kind of done and gone as a method of training and now we're having a real resurgence supported by policy reforms in particular the apprenticeship levy which is making them more aligned to the skill needs of the economy however the take-up is still low and there's still this idea that apprenticeships are boring and unfashionable and not what young people should be aiming for On the flip side, the UK has currently got a huge IT skills shortage. In fact, one in six of new hires in the last five years has come from outside of the UK. So we're obviously not meeting this demand within the country. And apprenticeships are a way to provide learners with real life work experience and confidence and skills that's going to set them up for their careers including higher and degree level apprenticeships that are offering this kind of university level access to young people from different backgrounds. Can you tell us a bit about how the apprenticeship programme runs at Softwire and what you're trying to achieve really? Yeah, absolutely. So Softwire has traditionally recruited from almost exclusively some of the top universities in the country. We've taken STEM graduates and trained them up to be excellent software engineers. And I think one of the reasons we started getting into the apprenticeship program as an employer was that we really wanted to try and improve the diversity of the people that we hire, but we were finding ourselves inheriting some of the biases and some of the um, lack of diversity that was present in those courses at those universities. And those courses weren't actually teaching anything that we, we really needed people to know. There's nothing you learn in chemistry at Imperial that is directly uh, relevant to working as a software engineer. And we worked out that actually if we, if we can target some of these six forms around the country where there are loads of people who really just want to work as software engineers and they've got a passion for it, but they don't necessarily have a passion for spending all of their money going to university for four years learning something irrelevant, that's this huge pool of talent that we can tap into. And we just needed to come up with a program to be able to give them the skills they needed to get them into work and on projects being useful and, and building some really cool stuff. And is there a large uptake? Is this a popular program? Is it easy to find people who want to train as apprentices? It's really easy to find people who want to train as apprentices. The demand for the number of applicants is huge. So we we wanted to hire six apprentices. We put a job out there just on our own site. And within weeks, we'd have hundreds of applicants. There's a huge sort of supply of people who are really keen to join this kind of scheme. There are just not that many employers who are offering it at the moment. So so the number of employers is going up, 
but it's been quite a slow uptake from from some of the bigger companies. So actually, you're seeing that young people are, although perhaps historically apprenticeships weren't viewed as desirable to go into, actually young people have caught on really quickly and the demand is there that people want to do apprenticeships. It's actually employers that are lagging behind. Yeah, I think that's definitely right. I think there are loads of people who would love to to do an apprenticeship and there are just so few employers and so many of them don't really know what they're offering. Some of them just would like to offer an apprenticeship but they're not quite sure what that involves, what to expect. So, so we've been working quite closely with a training provider and helping to advise them in, in how they can work with employers to set realistic expectations, what sort of support and guidance that people will need, and helping support employers do that because it's, it's much safer for the employer just to hire someone who already knows how to do the job. Now you're paying through the nose for that. If you want to hire a, a software engineer with some number of years of experience, that's going to cost you quite a lot of money, but it's a much safer option for them than trying something new and being a little bit brave and committing to to trying to help upskill some young people. So one of the alternatives to apprentices and how the, the kind of traditional entry point into the software business is going through a university. James, actually, that's the route that you took. So how did going to university prepare you for being a software developer? I studied computer science at university and I really enjoyed my course and I I enjoyed the university experience. But when I think about what I do day to day, I really don't use a lot of my computer science degree Mm. um, in in my day to day programming work. There's a a lot of changes that I needed to to make and a lot of new skills I needed to learn to switch from being a computer science student to being a commercial software developer. The main area that I found I had to learn was about working as part of a team. When I was at university, all of my code was written just by me and it was all, and it only had to work for me. I never had to think about working as part of a team. I never, I never had to worry about, was my code easy to understand for other people or even for myself in six months' time? And all, the, all, all my code ended up being a little bit horrible. And then when I moved into the commercial world, quite quickly I was taught to write really good quality code, really maintainable code. So far as one of the things we have a really big emphasis on is that clean, maintainable code. Yeah, so it's actually the pragmatic, practical aspect of software development rather than the theory Absolutely, yeah. That that's the really big difference. At university, there's a lot of focus on theory. So, for example, they use a lot of very theoretical languages that are good for demonstrating particular aspects of programming. For instance, functional programming. Whereas in commercial software development, we focus on languages that have have a big library of components that we can that we can reuse. Yeah, you're looking at something that you can actually use to get the job done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to learn a lot about pragmatism in terms of where do you make the where you make all the trade-offs so for example at university I spent a lot of time worrying about how do I optimize this compression algorithm to eke out one or two more percent which was which is really interesting <laughs> but day to day I'd just buy a bigger hard drive here it's just much cheaper it's interesting to see where you make all those trade-offs when you when you move from from an academic study to actually working for paying customers yes that's really really interesting and obviously there is a place for a kind of theoretical academic understanding of software development but it might not be the best preparation for going into a job how are apprenticeships different and how is the training you do as part of an apprenticeship different 
So the main difference in our course is that it's it's very, very hands-on and practical. It's all organised around these mini-projects where you get that real-world experience of coding in, in all sorts of different scenarios. So we have a few projects that allow the apprentices to see the, the sorts of challenges that they'll actually experience in their real teams. So, for example, we've got a mini-project about concurrency and processing large volumes of data very, very rapidly. We've got another project that around working on a legacy code base rather than whatever the latest shiniest technology is because we understand that that's what they're really going to be doing. That one was quite fun to make. We actually made the code base last year but we uh, introduced a constraint on ourselves not to use any libraries newer than about 2003 which was quite fun and interesting to work with. (laughs) Another thing that's important about the training we do on apprenticeships obviously is that the training is only a small part of it. The off the job training is about 20% of the time you spend on an apprenticeship and the rest of the time you're actually at your employer doing work on real projects and then you've got access to this brilliant network of coaches and mentors and people supporting you through that. So an apprentice we have might be say working on their their client project and then we would have chats with them say oh how's that going and they might say okay well I've been assigned this and I'm a bit stuck because I've been been trying to do this but it takes ages and then we might offer ideas or suggestions we might sit down and pair with them for a bit obviously it depends on the client sometimes there'd be a uh, confidentiality issues but by and large we can work really closely with them to try and give them support and the real hands-on experience which is very different from here's a textbook explaining some of the principles of object-oriented programming, read that and then go and try and do a project, which is very different and not really what people seem to connect with. A lot of the people who we see, particularly the young people coming in to do apprenticeships, are doing apprenticeships rather than university because they really enjoy hands-on work, they enjoy tackling a problem and building something tangible rather than reading a textbook, trying to compartmentalise all of the sort of abstract elements of the art and then applying it a few years down the line. They've proactively chosen the hands-on approach and that works really well with the way we like to do things. It's really interesting because it reminds me of something that we discussed on an earlier podcast when we were talking about women in technology, that actually having a friendly community and having this kind of real world support and being able to go to someone and say this doesn't work I don't understand it is something that's very welcoming to beginners who might feel like they don't fit in with the general stereotype of a programmer are you finding that apprenticeships are a good source of hiring getting more diverse people into technology yeah well we've certainly found so the diversity of recruitment obviously but there's some sort of intangible bits of diversity about different approaches to problem solving that we've sort of unexpected benefit of the program for us and we found people coming in who who think about things and tackle problems in a very different way And that's been really, really healthy for us as a working environment. And it's been a sort of added bonus, if you like. So obviously, there are all sorts of stats about the recruitment of apprenticeships, apprentices, where you can get better gender or ethnic or socioeconomic diversity. But there's also this sort of diversity in attitudes towards problem solving. Mm, Perhaps bringing like fresh new ideas into the industry. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) 
And now we're also joined by Tom Johnson, who's currently studying as a software developer apprentice. Tom, how did you get into this? What made you think to consider doing an apprenticeship? So going into my final year at Sixth Form, I'd never really thought much about doing an apprenticeship. But because the normal way to go for most people is to continue on to uni, and that's how that's how a lot of schools make it look like it's your only option to go do is go to a university. I've never been a really academic person. I'm not very good at textbook kind of work and I wasn't doing particularly well in my sixth form college because I was very demotivated by what I was going to do next because I couldn't see anything that I was passionate about or excited about because I, I was looking at uni as like another three years of what I'm doing at school. I just wasn't very happy about that. So that's when I first heard and looked into apprenticeships and it was it seemed like a much better option for me because apprenticeships are much more hands-on, they're much more practical practical work. So what is your role and what are you kind of doing on a day-to-day basis? So I'm currently working on the Anthony Nolan project, which is a blood cancer charity which connects blood cancer patients with bone marrow donors to help them get better. Currently working on a team with eight people and I'm also working with a mentor who helps me through day-to-day work who's a lot more experienced than I am. I also, even as a software developer, even as someone who hasn't had the same experience as a lot of people on my team, I'm given a lot of freedom to do the stuff that I need to do, which lets you experience stuff that you wouldn't normally be able to experience and helps me develop my own personal skills. But the team I'm on is also very supportive. They know the fact that I haven't had the same training as a lot of people on the team and they're like willing to help a lot and stuff. But I think it's cool that even though I haven't been through a lot of this stuff, even within like the first few months of me starting at this job, I'm already on a real client project and seeing real world work. It sounds ideal. So you've got the freedom to actually do the job but also the support if you're stuck or if something goes wrong so unlike most people after the three years that they've they've finished uni i would have already had three years experience working on client projects and working in the real world that they wouldn't have which would probably give me a big advantage to those people coming out of uni Mm, that's fantastic so what's been the biggest challenge in you know kind of studying software development and and trying to get to grips with the job i think the biggest challenge has been the drastic change from coming out of six forms straight into a working job where you haven't necessarily had the years to mature that a graduate coming out of uni would have had so it's quite it's quite a big leap to make which can be hard in some respects And there are certain things that you see graduates coming out of uni have more experience with. Like, I think a big thing that I might be missing out on not going to uni would be learning how to learn. Because a lot of it is textbook reading and writing notes to pass exams at the end of the year. And because I haven't done that, I might not have the experience to be able to, like, sit down and, like, learn you're talking about having this kind of directed learning and be able to say i need to learn about this i'm gonna go and teach myself essentially yeah yeah and so what would you say what advice would you give to someone who's thinking about doing an apprenticeship i think i think the most important thing is to be truly passionate about what you're going into because the reason it is an apprenticeship is because they don't expect you to know 
everything already you're going to do all the learning there so as long as you go in truly being excited about what you're going to learn and truly being passionate about what you're going to learn that's the most important thing because with that kind of mentality you're going to do really well and go really far that's fantastic thank you so much tom thank you It seems really clear to me that there's a big benefit to potential employees and offering people this great training scheme and way into the industry. How is it for employers? Is it something that employers are like, this is fantastic, we've got a new a new source of talent that we didn't have access to before? Or is there still a bit of an attitude of, I need someone who can hit the ground, hit the ground running is a phrase I hear so often, you know, I need a developer now and they need to be able to do the job now, which obviously kind of precludes training in this way. Yeah, I think those are, those are different situations. I think if you have a immediate need for a service to be built in time for something coming out very soon, then maybe you do need to hire a contractor with those skills right now. But what we're seeing increasingly is large companies trying to think ahead and bring in talent rather than offshoring or rather than paying extremely expensive contractor rates and build these tech teams so that they can own their own products and that they can constantly develop that. And so the companies that do hire apprentices, they go back and they hire more apprentices and they're really happy about it and the scheme's really working for them. But they're looking at different objectives here. They're looking at building up their own in-house talent teams and they're looking at long-term savings rather than looking at short-term, can I get this done by two months' time from now? So what you're saying is it's really a long-term investment. It's not a sticking plaster you can just put onto your tech team and go, we'll get some apprentices in and that will make it all better. It's about if you're investing seriously for the long-term and you want you know, world-class talent longer-term that's the time to invest in apprenticeships. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I think that that's kind of being reflected in the take-up of apprenticeships. Now, the software developer apprenticeship has had a lower uptake than a lot of people expected initially, but that's really because what it's not doing is offering a quick fix to people wanting to slightly upskill their existing developers. The real benefit is a sort of change of your recruitment pipeline. And because of the nature of apprenticeships, you're really looking at larger companies who can really easily afford to, uh, to invest in this future and to bring in this, uh, this talent pool. And so the uptake is a bit slower because there's a lot more work involved in changing your recruitment pipeline than there is in a sort of a quick fix for, for small things. But the uptake is going up and it is going up quite rapidly. And I'm expecting to see a huge number of apprenticeships at very well-known companies being advertised this summer. So in fact, looking forward, it is going to become a much more common way for people to get into the industry. I would expect so, yeah. How dependent is that on the government? Is this the kind of thing where, you know, we've talked about the apprenticeship levy being something that's really supported apprenticeships in this country and the kind of resurgence. If the government were to change the levy or take the levy away, what kind of impact would that have? That would undo a lot of hard work. That would undo a really big amount of hard work and progress. I think the apprenticeship levy isn't quite perfect. I think there's quite a few things that are likely to want to be changed by the employer group as the scheme matures. But I think it's already offering a real viable alternative to university. And that would be a shame to see that threatened. So obviously, Gareth and James, you both work directly with apprentices. 
What do you enjoy most about working with apprentices and training them? Yeah, it's pretty fun. We did one project right towards the end of their, their training. We did a group project. Now, we've got this kind of loose framework of what we like to do for this group project. We like to get some data from somewhere, so they have to find that data, they have to store it in a database, they have to do some business logic to it, and then they have to show it on the front end. And we made an app that pulled in all of the Premier League data from the last 15 years or so, and then we ran some sort of mathematical statistical modeling and predicted the outcome of upcoming Premier League games. And we predicted the odds for those games. And it was designed, you know, as if to be a sort of betting tool or something, which was actually really fun to work with. And I was uh, very pleasantly surprised at the quality of the final site. It's not actually helped me win very much money, which is obviously a downside, but it does look really good, really sleek and professional. Unlike an app that I can actually imagine using day to day. Yeah, I, I was I was really surprised how enthusiastic all, all the apprentices were about this about this project and, and how, how good the quality of the code was and just how, how they're really enthusiastic about learning and they, they approach it in a really interesting way. There's something about when you're really young and you're learning something for the first time and you can get really into it versus you know technology can have a kind of boring image and actually to be really building real tangible things that are used it's quite exciting yeah I, I really enjoyed my degree but actually building things for real people that's much more satisfying like a calculator <laughs> well thank you so much James and Gareth thank you for listening if you've got any questions regarding apprentices or any challenges within your organisation finding ways to fit apprenticeships into your structure then do let us know you can tweet us at Software UK we'd love to carry on the conversation mm-hmm.